And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And also, Mark, your dad has joined us. His name is Bill. And he doesn't have a microphone, but he's here. Bill, it's great to have you. And also, Dr. Hans Vogt, Ulster County Community College. Thanks for having me, Dan. Professor. So, Hans, you're going to keep me honest here as we talk about Thanksgiving. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) Yes, and uh, it is that time of the year. You know, this is not quite Thanksgiving. We've got a few more days to go until Thanksgiving, which is the 28th this year. But that's the topic. Before we get into the serious part of the discussion, what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving, by the way? Uh, just like the first pilgrims, watching lots of football and eating lots of food. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what I figured. <laughs> well, this Thanksgiving, I'm hoping that I'm, I'll at least get a chance to go out and do a little deer hunting in the in the morning. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. good traditions, and um, we all look forward to a, a meal together, hopefully with family. That's what is so precious to us. Thanksgiving time. Mm. Well, uh, it's a it's a rich tradition, and I. You know, as you you think about it, it sometimes gets squashed a little bit because uh, you go into the stores, you don't see much about Thanksgiving, at least from a Christian perspective. What you see is this time of year is uh, Christmas trees and snowmen and, you know, people trying to sell and all of that has its place. But we want to focus today about Thanksgiving. And so um, when I think of Thanksgiving, of course, pilgrims come to mind and uh, Hans Vogt. I bet you you've got some uh, really interesting stories to tell us about the pilgrims. So maybe you could at least get us started here today. Sure. Well, there's really two primary sources uh, that tell us about the feast in autumn of 1621 that we usually call the first Thanksgiving. And that is Edward Winslow writing uh, his account of the Plymouth Colony, what's usually called Mort's Relation. And then William Bradford's account, Governor Bradford, of Plymouth Plantation. And uh, basically, they describe a harvest festival, a a time to give thanks and and celebrate the harvest that God had given them, the fact that they had been able to make it through a a very rough first year, particularly that first winter in the New World, which saw a lot of death, and the fact Mm -hmm. that they had established a, a peace treaty and good relations with the Native Americans who lived nearby, the Wampanoag, and that they were able to celebrate uh, this festival together. Yeah, that was uh, quite an amazing thing in and of itself, the landing of the pilgrims there where they landed, because when they landed, they would write that the Indians would come, but they would never get close. And finally one day, one came and walked right in the midst of them. And he happened not to be a local Indian. He was an Indian from up in Maine, the Abenaki tribe, and his name was Samoset. And he came in and could speak some English. He could speak English. Yes. And so they were able to communicate with him. But soon he introduced them to an Indian who could speak very good English, and that was Squanto. Hmm. And the amazing things in God's providence, Squanto was spared the pilgrims were living in actually Squanto's old family ground. The Patuxa tribe was there, but four years earlier, when he had been captured and sold into slavery, his tribe's people suffered a plague and wiped out the entire tribe. Mm. So 
everyone was good with the pilgrims being where they were, you know. <laughs> and he was there, able to help translate, able to build up that relationship with Massasoit and the Wampanoags. But what kind of uh, hardships did the pilgrims go through uh, very early on? I seem to recall someplace that they had very little to eat at one point in time. Right. Well, they sailed too late. Uh, they had gotten delayed. Uh, they started out in two ships from England and then had to turn back and ultimately abandon one of the ships. You know, so by the time they arrive in Cape Cod Bay, which isn't even where they were supposed to be, mm. uh, it was already late November, too late to plant, really too late to harvest, too late to do anything. Uh, and then they spent nearly a month scouting around Cape Cod Bay before they found that abandoned village yes. to settle in. But by now it's nearly, you know, Christmas. Well, they wouldn't have celebrated Christmas, but uh, it's the middle of December. Yeah. And uh, so they had to make it through that first winter. Very little food, a lot of disease. Most of the adults die. Mm -hmm. So by the time they get to spring, they've, they've lost half of their population, and mostly what they have left are women and children. Mm. In fact, they would bury the bodies under cover of darkness because they didn't want to advertise not having established contact with the Native Americans yet. They didn't want to advertise how many people right. they had actually lost. Yeah. Well, well, they went through a terrible time. At some point, then, they probably multiple times, they'll have times of prayer, uh, thanksgiving, fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of in contrast to the way we celebrate our modern Thanksgiving, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, a Puritan in the 17th century would have called Thanksgiving, would have been a day of fasting and prayer. Yeah. Um, and so they would, they certainly didn't call the celebration they had Thanksgiving, even though that's what we refer to it as. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, we're going to take a short break. Today we're talking mm-hmm. about Thanksgiving. It's coming up obviously next week. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have need. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. 
If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in To thy great faithfulness, mercy and love Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness Morning by morning New mercies I see All I have needed thy hand hath provided Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with us today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, his dad, Bill Diedrich, and Dr. Hans Vogt. And uh, today we're talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, while the mic was off, Hans, you made mention of a, of a reference that you have there, and I was wondering if you could just go ahead and share that with our listeners. Sure. We said there's two primary accounts of, of what happened there, and the best one is Edward Winslow's account in Mort's Relation. And it's pretty short, but I'll read it to you. He says, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might after a special manner rejoice together, after we had gathered the fruits of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl, as with a little help beside served the company almost a week, Mm. at which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and amongst the rest their greatest king, Massasoit, with some ninety men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor, and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. It's mm, amazing. It just has that sense of thankfulness to God, and yet you know they went through a terrible time. And that's an original quote. That's original source. Yes, that's first-hand account of what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. How would you characterize these people? I think I know the answer, but maybe you can help us. Were they um, atheists or Christians? <laughs> Who were these people? Well, actually, it was a mixed group. And they called them saints and strangers. Right. The strangers were the ones who were not the Puritans. But the Puritans mm-hmm. among them were the ones who really uh, dictated what was going on. And they were people of deep faith in God and cared for him greatly. 
And so when they're giving thanks to God, it's to God. There have been times when the distortion of thanksgiving is that the colonists were meeting with the Indians to give thanks to the Indians. Mm -hmm. No, they gave thanks to God. Mm -hmm. Yes, they appreciated the Indians. I'm sure they did give some thanks to them. But the focus was always on God and his providential care for them. Now, I want to throw a curveball in here and ask Hans. um, That quotation that you shared with us from Edward Winslow, he Mm -hmm. mentioned exercising our arms. I, I didn't know that they had a local gym during that time. <laughs> That's right. I had a pretty easy membership plan. And, <laughs> no, of course, they're referring uh, not to doing curls, but rather to uh, uh, exercising their firearms. Sure. Shooting contests. Yeah. So yeah. I, I suppose, uh, Mark Diedrich, you're uh, staying with the tradition of the earliest of the of the pilgrims right. by, by going hunting. How, however, I, I, I do not bring a matchlock with me. No. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I use it. Here's a question that um, the hunters might be interested in. Assuming the pilgrims, they brought over everything that they were going to need, obviously, their arms and their powder. How did they keep the powder dry? Just a practical <laughs> question, you know? powder horns i assume yeah you keep it in in a dry place i'm not sure uh that the powder horn really was developed that early for that i'm not sure myself yeah i don't know what they carried i don't know either the the powder horn would seem to be one uh, don't ask us tough questions yeah (laughs) yeah And and the thing is with the powder horns is uh they were useful for more than carrying powder because often they carved maps into them oh that's interesting right. yeah yes. so well, what, what about now we've come a long way certainly from those early days of the pilgrims thanksgiving has kind of evolved if you will over time um, what point in our history was it formally acknowledged did george washington uh, acknowledge thanksgiving in some way shape or form Yes. I mean, the the modern holiday of Thanksgiving will come later. Later on, Um, okay. But certainly, it's interesting, the first religious day of Thanksgiving in the Plymouth Colony was proclaimed by Governor Bradford in 1623. 1623. And that was to thank God for the end of a drought. Well, that's a Mm -hmm. long time before Um, George Washington. Yes. (laughs) The, uh, The first Thanksgiving proclaimed by national authority was the Continental Congress, Ah. In 1777, and they proclaimed a day of Thanksgiving on December 18th, not November, Hmm. Uh, and that actually was continued until 1784, so it was done through the Revolutionary War, and then it stopped. Okay. President Washington declared a national Thanksgiving in 1789, but that was not an annual celebration, that was a... A one-time celebration. President Adams, President Madison also declared days of Thanksgiving. It's really not until the 1840s that you have a movement. It's actually started by Sarah Hale in a very popular women's magazine at the time, Today's Ladies Book, to have a national holiday. It was basically a New England celebration. She wanted to make it national. And then in 1863, in the middle of the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln declared a national Thanksgiving Day on the last Thursday of November. Oh, so there it is. And that's where the tradition mm-hmm. begins. And, of course, the context for that is the Civil War. Right. And uh, just read you a little bit of his proclamation. Yeah, please, yeah. The year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, 
others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. Hmm. Then he goes on to talk about the Civil War and God's provision and care for the nation, even Mm. in the midst of that horrible conflict. Mm. And that's different than his Gettysburg Address. That comes later. Right. I guess we're celebrating the 150th anniversary of that from an email that you sent me. That's Uh, right. This is interesting. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, he issues the proclamation on October 3rd for the last Thursday in November. In between those two is when he travels to Gettysburg to dedicate the National Cemetery. Okay, so four days ago was the 150th anniversary of that notable speech. Okay, and he referred to God in that speech as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, right. a, it's a remarkable speech. I mean, the, you know, the, I'm sure you've heard the, the classic story that uh, Everett Hale spoke for two hours before him, and nobody mm-hmm. remembers a word that he says. Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, President Lincoln spoke for a couple of minutes, and it's probably the greatest speech delivered by an American politician. That, that's significant. I guess you don't mm-hmm. have to be verbose. Maybe that's the lesson here. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. Get to the bottom line and say what you mean. I mean what you say. Thanksgiving. Here we are, 20, what is this, the 21st century now? (laughs) A lot's happened since President Lincoln and his declaration. Were there any other decisions that would recognize a Thanksgiving Day after him, or was that basically casted in stone at that point? It basically, that's what establishes the national holiday. It is the only change comes actually in the Great Depression when President Franklin Roosevelt moves it to the fourth Thursday, not necessarily the last one, to um, moves it back a week to basically to have an extra week of shopping, Christmas shopping. Yeah, so I'm waving my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um, And there have been some state governors that proclaim different additional days of Thanksgiving. Right. Mark, here we are in America right (laughs) now. Um, It's easy to get cynical. Maybe you can guide us as a pastor. How do we maintain a thankfulness of heart and spirit? I know that's what the Lord would have us have. Yeah. And uh, not get overly cynical because so much has, has happened that, that troubles us right now. Yeah, one of the things that I, I really, you know, when we have this celebration, and this has always been one of my favorite holidays, not just because I like turkey and stuffing and gravy, which <laughs> probably they had the turkey, but the... Stuffing and gravy, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mashed potatoes, probably not. <laughs> Cranberries. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, the thing is, the focus on Thanksgiving should be a focus on the faith of our Pilgrim Fathers. Not just the fact that they mm-hmm. were there, but the faith of their Pilgrim Fathers and the God they trusted in, mm-hmm. who had brought them through this, who after this last year, which everybody else would call a disaster, they were thankful, not only because, yes. as Edward Winslow said, they had a lot of food and they had a lot of plenty now after this first year, but also they had the religious freedom that they craved and the ability to worship God as they thought God desired them to worship Him. Mm-hmm. That was one of the greatest things that the pilgrims had, and they they were very thankful for that. And so you see that kind of Thankfulness. It wasn't a generic thankfulness kind of thing. Oh, God, we thank you for 
all the good things that I have and what's the emphasis mm-hmm. there? Uh, the things we have yeah, rather me. than the God who has given yeah. them. And that's one of the things that Romans talks about. And this is the things that's a little distressing with our present-day Thanksgiving celebration because it's Turkey Day and everything mm-hmm. else, but a focus on the God who created this nation, mm-hmm. who brought that little band of pilgrims and made a great nation out of that little group. And it's sad to see that, especially you look at Romans. Um, and if I can, i just like to read Romans one twenty one, where it talks about the problem here. And it says, and by the way, I'm using the Geneva 1599 edition of the Bible, <laughs> okay. which is a, the edition the pilgrims brought. Neat. Right. That's the Bible they brought with them. They wouldn't have that liberal King James Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. In verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts was full of darkness. Mm-hmm. And I look at today and I see people saying, oh, isn't our country great? Look what we've done. And instead of being thankful and saying, God, thank you for what you've done. You know, that's the key right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, God caring for us in all circumstances. And, of course, that's what Scripture tells us. Give thanks in all circumstances, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Be thankful in all circumstances. And even Paul, when he's writing in 1 Timothy 2.1, he talks about giving thanks for all men, prayers and, and thanksgiving for all men, and the governors, and the rulers. And you realize who the ruler was at that time. Mm. Nero. Crazy Nero. Not early yeah. Nero when he yeah. wrote Romans, but crazy Nero. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's, that's fine. I just indicated we're running short on time. That's why I said sorry, but that is so good. You, you remind me of something, and that is as these pilgrims thanked God, going back to them again, um, they weren't just thanking a vague Unitarian mm. God, were they? It was the triune God, the of, triune the scriptures. God of the Scriptures. Absolutely. Governor Bradford, in his History of Plymouth Plantation, talking about exactly this, uh, he says, what could now sustain them but the Spirit of God and His grace? Mm. And then he goes on to actually quote from the Psalms. Let them therefore praise the Lord because He is good, and His mercies endure forever. Mm-hmm. Yea, let them which have been redeemed of the Lord show how He hath delivered them from the hand of the oppressor. When they wandered in the desert wilderness out of the way and found no city to dwell in, both hungry and thirsty, their soul was overwhelmed in them. Let them confess before the Lord his loving kindness and his wonderful works before the sons of men. Mm -hmm. Beautiful reading there. Well, today we've been thinking about and talking about Thanksgiving. And uh, next week, God willing, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving here in the United States. Certainly, uh, our Canadian listeners have already celebrated their Thanksgiving. Mm. And so um, we trust that you will be able to do a couple of things. One is get together with your family. Pray to God, thank Him for His many blessings in your life, and perhaps attend a a worship service. Many churches have Thanksgiving Eve worship Mm -hmm. services or whatever, and uh, please do that. Today in the studio has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and his dad, Bill Diedrich, and we didn't have a microphone for you, Bill, and also Dr. Hans Vogt. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Perhaps you have a uh, question for any of these fine men. Just uh, email us with that question. we be happy to send it along to them. Our email address is 
ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. We have about 30 seconds for a wrap-up thought, maybe 15 seconds each. Uh, I'm looking at Hans. I just I agree with what uh, Mark said, that we need to be aware of who we are thanking, not just what we are thankful for, that we have a, a, a great and mighty and awesome God who is the fount of all our blessings. Mm. Yeah, Dan, you have the quote of C.S. Lewis. It's 50 years since he died, and mm. uh, he had a wonderful quote about Thanksgiving. We we give thanks for the good things because they're good. We also give thanks for the bad circumstances, and this is a rough paraphrase, I'm sorry, but because first they work patience, then they work humility, and they remind us of our heavenly home and make us long more for the heavenly home that we have. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Gentlemen, it's been great having you here, and uh, to our listeners, may God bless you on this coming Thanksgiving. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Quick reminder, please join us next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.